0: Well, good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Guys alive and awake? Happy to be here? I'm going to encourage you to take out your outline and send your program. I hope you'll follow along and take some notes. Um, You know, as we start off a new year, it's human nature to evaluate our lives, just kind of to reflect and think about where we are and what kind of changes we want to make and We get so busy, we have all these good intentions, but it's so hard to execute all those things we want to do, all those changes we want to make. In fact, it's kind of shocking to me to think, man, it already feels like the New Year's Day was a long time ago, (laughs) two weeks ago. It's just a blur. Time's just going. And we want to be better. We want to help you as your church family to, to be better, to grow, to become the person that God designed you to be. And so we want to work together in this series to look at God's Word and say, how do we grow? How does God transform us? Because we believe God is all about life transformation. Jesus came to, to seek and to save us, to find us, to connect us, and to bring us into a relationship with God. Now, our theme verse for the series is on the screen. I want to ask you to read it out loud with me. Would you read this with me? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I hope you'll be memorizing this verse over the next few weeks, because the way that we begin to change is by changing our thinking. We have to cooperate with God and allow Him to renew our minds, you know, because our thoughts, they affect how we feel so often. They affect most of our feelings, and then our feelings affect how we act and what we do. And so we need to go back to the heart, the root of the problem, and deal with those things in our mind. And for this next seven weeks, we're going to be looking at seven key areas of our life where most of us long for transformation. We know we're off track and we want to get back on track. We want we need help. And so we're going to look at that together. The Bible says this today today we're talking about the I think the most important area to get right is your spiritual health. And today the Bible the Bible tells us this, "Test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Test yourselves, examine yourselves. How how are you doing in your spiritual life, in your spiritual health, in your faith? Don't drift along. Can you underline that phrase? I mean, I think sometimes we just drift along in life. We get busy with the everyday routine. Don't drift along, but give yourselves regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. If you fail the test, do something about it. Can you underline that phrase, do something about it. If you're not spiritually healthy, God tells us, do something about it. If your faith is weak, if it's not where it should be, take some steps. And so we need to develop this habit of a regular spiritual checkup. You know, our doctors tell us we need regular checkups, right? We need to go have our heart checked, our blood pressure checked. You need to get your cholesterol checked. and You even have to have your colon checked. Anybody want to give a testimony about that one right now? <laughs> not fun, but you need to have a regular checkups. Because if something's wrong, you want to catch it early. You want to catch it before things get so far off track that it's almost impossible to come back. And the same is true with your faith, with your spiritual health. If sin starts growing in you, it becomes like a spiritual cancer, and it's better to catch it early before it destroys you. If you start drifting away from God, it's better to catch it early before you're so far down the road, you're lost and alone and ruined. So let's take a little spiritual inventory right now together. All right? We're going to look at some things here on the screen. So where are you at, like, on the spectrum? Are you more stressed and worried right now, or are you experiencing peace? See, I think stress and worry is like a warning light that you're not spiritually healthy. I mean, it's naturally to be concerned about things, but when stress and worry starts to consume you, how about in this area? Are you experiencing more anger? Are you quick to anger? You find like you're easily triggered right now, or are you experiencing this, like, feeling of kindness and compassion? Where are you at? Are you, are you feeling bored with church and, you're, and following Christ? Sometimes people tell me, I'm just not getting a lot out of it. Or are you feeling passionate? You know, these, are, these, these, these negative concerns on, on your left, I mean, those are things that we'd be like warning signs. Are you feeling empty in your life? Or are you feeling fulfilled and satisfied? Are you feeling purposeless? Or are you feeling purposeful? Are you feeling restless and impatient? Are you feeling more patient right now? Are you feeling selfish? Or are you feeling loving? Remember Jesus said the greatest commandment love God and love others. And are you feeling hopeless? Are you feeling hopeful? Where are you at on this spectrum? You know, maybe you're, you're in the red zone and you're just, you're just struggling right now and warning signs are going off all across. Maybe you're doing pretty good right now. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle. I want to say, sometimes you can, you can be doing really good in life. You can be really spiritually healthy, and then th- some things can happen, and you start to drift, and you start to struggle, and you start to, to be a little bit more towards the negative side. Sometimes things in life kind of beat you up, beat you down. And I have to be honest. Right now, I'm not as spiritually healthy as there have been at other times in my life. You know, I'm fighting that fight. I'm struggling. I'm taking this check up, and I'm committed to doing something about it. So I hope you'll join me this year in saying, I'm going to do something about my spiritual health, okay? So we're going to look at a story together that Jesus told, a very familiar story. We're going to look at it th- through this lens of spiritual health. It's the story of the prodigal son. It's really the story about you and me. It's the story about each one of us. And Jesus said this, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said, Father, give me my share of the estate. Man, he wants his inheritance before his father even dies. I mean, can you imagine how rude that is, how, how self-centered his life is? And so the dad agrees, the son gets all his, his money, and he takes off. And he heads down to the Sunset Strip in Jerusalem, and he lives it up, and he wastes his money and his time and his energy and wild living. You know, like women and wine and all that. And you might say, whoa, whoa Dwayne, good. he's not talking about me. I've never done I would never do that. But, you know, there's other ways we can kind of start living that selfish life. Maybe, maybe you thought what was going to satisfy you is you left, you left your father's home and you started pursuing your career at any cost, and promotions, and power, and influence. Or maybe you said, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to work as hard as I can to get as much money as I can so I can have all the toys that life has to offer. I want to have all the tech, and the latest, coolest car, and the, the nicest big screen TV, and I want to have all the things that life has to offer. You don't have to go off in wild living to be far away from your father. And I think all of us, at some point, we wind up, we find out, man, I've somehow I've drifted. I've gotten away from God. And Pastor Rick Warren says this, the further you get from God, the further you get from God, the more your life is troubled. And the closer you get to God, the more your life is transformed. So do you want to be troubled or do you want to be transformed? You know, I think we all want to be close to God. We're created for a relationship with him. There's something in each one of us that longs for that relationship, that connection with our Heavenly Father. You wouldn't be here today if you didn't want to be close to God in some way. But the Bible says we're all like sheep. We've all gone astray. We've all wandered off in our different directions. And some of you, you can point to a time in your life where you'd say, I remember when I felt really close to God. I could sense his friendship. I could sense his spirit. There was joy in my life, but I've lost that. I've wandered off. And how do I get back to God when I've wandered far away and I'm feeling that that disconnect? And this is such a crucial question because if I'm not close to God, I don't have the power to make all the other changes I need in my life. I can't fix myself. We, we, We struggle and strive and we make resolutions. We want to change who we are. We want to change our actions. But the reason we laugh and joke about how how, how poorly we follow through on those resolutions is because we can't do it in our own power. So here's what we're going to do as we look at this story. We're going to look at three steps that we need to take to get reconnected to God to get spiritually healthy. And then we're going to look at three habits real quickly. We're going to look at three habits we need to ingrain into our life to help us to stay healthy. So first, you've got to get sick and tired of my life. You've got to get sick and tired of your life. You've got to get sick and tired of my life. Until you really recognize that there's some problems and there's some issues, you're not going to be ready to make some changes. One Monday, the boss, the boss came into work, and he overheard two of his workin- workers talking about Joe. Joe had worked in this company for years. He'd been goofing off for years. And, and, and one guy said, you know, I'm sure going to miss Joe. He was a lot of fun. Why did he leave this company anyway? And the second guy said, well, Joe told me it was due to illness and fatigue. And the boss couldn't hold back. He couldn't help himself. And he butted in and he said, yeah, it was illness and fatigue, all right. I got sick and tired of Joe. I got sick and tired of Joe. If you didn't get that one, ask your neighbor, okay? So I thought that's funny. He got sick and tired of Joe and he made a change. And if you want to make a change in your life, you got to get to that point where you say, you know, I don't like the way this is in my life. I want it to be different. And that young man, he came to that point in the story Jesus was telling. It says he wasted all his money. He began to starve, and he finally came to his senses. You know, he had to hit rock bottom before he took some steps. He had to hit rock bottom before he took action. I'm trying to warn you before you get that far away. God's trying to warn you. But he was starving. And I don't know if anybody in this room is starving physically, but I know some of you are starving spiritually right now. You're starving emotionally. You're not feeling connected to God, and something's missing. This guy, man... Everything, he lost everything. He lost his money, he lost his place to live, he was homeless. Uh, A a recession hit the country and there was famine. He couldn't even, nobody even had food to share with him. He couldn't find a job. Finally, desperation, he found the worst job that a Jew could find. He took a job on a farm feeding the pigs. Jews weren't even supposed to be around pigs. They weren't supposed to touch them. They weren't supposed to eat the meat. It was something God had given them to do to kind of separate themselves. And so there he is, and he's starving, and he's looking at what the pigs are eating, and he's going, man, that looks pretty good. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen anybody feed pigs. I have. My uncle raised pigs in Virginia. They're kind of fun animals, but you don't want to watch them eat. You know, imagine all the food scraps you save during the week, and you throw in your green recycle bin. And sometimes they sit there for a few days, and they're kind of nasty, right? They weren't good when you threw them out. And then you dump that to the pigs. They'll, Man, they've scarfed that down. They'll eat it up. That's how desperate this guy was. He goes, man, that looks good. I I might eat some of that. And so he finally came to his senses. And he said he got fed up. And he said, you know what? I'm just sick and tired of who I am. And nothing is going to change in your life in these next seven weeks Unless you're sick and tired of something in your life. You want to change something. Your life's not going to be any different at the end of 2018. Don't kid yourself if you don't say, i got to make some changes. i got to take this seriously. I don't like how things are, and I don't want them to get worse. Now, Some of you might be saying, you know what? I can't really relate to what you're saying right now, Dwayne. I'm pretty happy with my life. I don't need any changes. Good. I am glad you're here. Would you sit and pray for the rest of us the next seven weeks? Because we need some changes, all right? We need some change. You've got to get desperate. Nothing happens until you get fed up. And if you're not there yet, that's okay. God will allow things to come into your life that get your attention. And God says this in Jeremiah, when you get serious about finding me, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. You've got to get serious about connecting with God. You've got to make that your highest priority. God's not going to reveal himself to you if you're just a casual you know, Sunday Christian, uh, Christian atheist. God's not going to waste His time. And He's waiting till you're hungry, till you're ready. So first, you got to get sick and tired of how things are. And then the second thing is equally important. You got to admit, I got to admit I'm wrong. You've got to admit you're wrong. I don't know what it is about us, but it's really hard for people to admit they're wrong. I don't know if it's a pride thing, especially husbands and wives, right? And uh, I love this story about this older, older husband and wife. They've been married for years. And uh, as they got older, they started arguing a lot. You know, they're saying things like, I told you that. No, you didn't. Why didn't you answer me? I did. I told you this. And they were just going back and forth. And the man decided that his wife had a hearing problem. And he told her, I think you need to get a hearing aid. And she said, you're crazy old man. I don't need a hearing aid. And so the guy ran into his doctor on the golf course. And he told his doctor what was going on. And the doctor gave him a simple test that he could do to test his wife's hearing. So next day, guy's at home. He said, you know what? I'm going to try this out. He was in the living room. His wife was about 40 feet away in the kitchen. And he said, just in a normal tone of voice, honey, what's for dinner? He didn't hear, she didn't say a thing. He didn't hear anything. Walks a little closer, 30 feet, honey, what's for dinner? Not a word. Walks a little closer, 20 feet, honey, what's for dinner? She didn't say a word. Keeps this up. Finally, he walks up right behind her, honey, what's for dinner? She turns around, Earl, for the fifth time, I said, it's chicken. (laughs) See, we blame everybody else, right? (laughs) Not my fault, it's your problem. And you're not going to get better as long as you blame everything on everybody else. We blame stuff on our parents. Oh, man, the way I was raised, that's why I'm the way I am. We blame stuff on our spouse. We blame stuff on our kids. We blame stuff on our job. We blame stuff on our health you got to humble yourself and say, you know what, I have some responsibility. I've I've messed up. i got to take some steps. And this guy, he realized in this story, he realized he was part of the problem. He was motivated by his pain. And he woke up and he said, you know what, to live life without my father, to live life without God is insane. To live life without God doesn't make sense. And I'm going to go back to my father. I don't deserve to be a son. I'm just going to ask to be a servant. And here's what he said, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I sinned against both heaven and you. He admitted he was wrong. He didn't say I was raised wrong or he didn't blame the government. He took responsibility. And that's a picture of repentance. Nothing's going to happen until you take that step. And it matters. You have to take that step because look what it says in Isaiah. Your iniquities, your sin have separated you from your God your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you know have you ever prayed and you felt like God just wasn't hearing your prayers like they weren't even making it past the ceiling anybody ever I, pray, I mean I've been there some of you are not and okay the rest of you I'd look up to you so anyway <laughs> man sometimes you just feel like God's so far away you think where did God go why isn't he there and you know what God God doesn't move He's there. We move away from God. We start drifting away. We start wandering away. We start giving our first love to something else. And when you give your first love, your heart, to something else, you think that's what's going to satisfy you more than God? That's what the Bible calls an idol. And we think idols are these little statues that people bow down to and worship and leave some fruit out for. No, an idol could be anything. For this young man, it was his wild living. It could look like your car, it could look like your job. It could look like your clothes. It could look like your appearance. Some people think, if I just look better, my life would be better. Success can be an idol. Golf can be an idol. Your house, your kids. And most of these things are not bad things, but they don't deserve first place in your life. And the fact is, you and I, we're as close to God as we choose to be. we got to recognize, we got to say, I'm sick and tired of the way things are. I'm wrong. i got to make some changes. And here's the beautiful thing. When you come to God... The Bible tells us no matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can take it out and make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. Beautiful, white, pure snow. I've had people tell me, man, you don't know what I've done. God can never forgive me. No, that's not true. Just read about the Apostle Paul's life. God forgave him. God can take the stain out of your life and out of your soul. He can remove those things that separate you. And so you you get sick and tired of the way things are. You admit you're wrong. And the third thing is you've got to offer yourself to God. Offer myself to God. I want you to personalize it. You've got to offer myself to God. That's the third thing he did. He came to his senses. He decided to go home. And he threw himself at his father's feet. His father embraced him. Didn't even let him, you know, pulled him up. And notice the transformation in this young man's life. He went from give me, give me, give me. To make me like one of your hired servants. What does a servant do? The servants there at the beck and call of his, whoever his boss is, right? He said, man, God, I'm not looking for what you can give me and do for me. What can I do for you? I give myself to you. I've screwed up. Forgive me. I've sinned against heaven and you. And God longs for us to come to that place where we offer up our life to him. And we say, I'm here to serve you. I offer up my total being. That's transformation. And are you there yet? Are you there? Now, I think it's a lifelong struggle to totally surrender and offer ourselves up to God. But I want to encourage you. Second Corinthians 3:18 it's not on your outline, but it says we're being transformed into Jesus' likeness. It's a process. It's an ongoing process. It's a continual process. It's kind of like a caterpillar. Last last week, Pastor Paul talked to us about a caterpillar. We got a picture of a caterpillar here for you. So last week, Pastor Paul talked about the the man who kind of helped the butterfly get out, and and he wasn't strong enough to fly because he didn't go through the struggle. But a caterpillar can also teach us that it's a long, slow process to change. You know, a caterpillar lives his life and then he spins a cocoon, nothing much to look at. And then when the time's right, he's transformed, he emerges as a beautiful butterfly, emerges as a beautiful butterfly. And you know what? God wants to work that kind of transformation in our life. I mean, what can a butterf- I mean, what can a caterpillar do? Crawl and eat, eat leaves, right? Man, a lot of us are just crawling through life, but God made you to soar. God made you to to rise up and live and be connected to him and do amazing things. And God wants to change us, but it's a process. It's not all going to happen in a day. It's a process. And it happens when you come to God and you offer, look what it says in Romans 12, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Offer yourselves up. You offer your body as a spiritual sacrifice, a holy sacrifice. You're going to have to give up some things that you think are going to satisfy you. Some things that are outside of God's commands. They're hurting you. They're harming you. You're going to have to give up some things to offer up and trust God. And he begins to change you. There's no transformation without offering yourself up. And this is such, it's one of the most beautiful stories in the Bible. Because look at the Father's response. Just real quick, kind of a side thing here. We want to look at the Father's response. First of all, the father wasn't surprised when the son came back. He wasn't surprised. He was watching. He's waiting. Jesus said while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. The moment, the moment that you just say, God, I'm tired of living life my way. I'm wrong. I'm a sinner. Would you, would you accept me? Would you receive me back? Would you forgive me? I put my faith and trust in Jesus. He runs to you. He throws his arm around you. For those of us who've been following Christ but we wandered away, the moment we come back to God, he's just waiting to embrace you and welcome you back in. He doesn't beat you up and make you feel guilty and say you got to make up for all this stuff you did. He embraces you. He loves you. He has that compassion for you. And So once you return to the Father, how do you stay there? How do you maintain? Your spiritual health. And these are some things, that are, they're not real complicated. They're just simple baby steps. That doesn't mean they're easy. I mean, I remember watching my kids learn to walk. It's not easy to learn to take baby steps, but you do it a little bit at a time, little bit at a time. Here's some spiritual practices that are essential if you want to stay spiritually healthy. The first thing is you've got to obey God's Spirit got to say you know what whatever god tells me to do or not do i'm going to obey him i'm going to trust him paul says this in philippians my dear friends as you have always obeyed continue for it is god who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose see he's saying continue obeying god cooperate with god and you know what as you cooperate with god as you as you choose each day you get up and you say i'm going to do the best i can to obey god and you're going to say no to some things and you're going to say yes to some things it, it, it's like the holy spirit who comes to live inside you when you receive jesus he begins to change the way you think he begins to change your desires he begins to change your will he begins to change your actions he empowers you and he produces amazing things in your life i mean how would you like to go take your spiritual checkup and these are the things that the doctor comes back and says he sees in your life look at this in galatians 5:22 and 23 the fruits of the holy spirit How would you like your spiritual checkup to reflect love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self control? Wouldn't that feel good to have all those things in your life? Man, wouldn't that feel good? But it starts with just, you've got to choose to obey. Now, I'm not saying obeying is easy, but it's not rocket science, okay? It's simple, it's a baby step. Second thing you, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Second thing you got to do meditate. Meditate on God's word. Now, some of you are going like, I don't know about this whole meditate. I don't know how to meditate. I guarantee you, you know how to worry. Worry is like negative meditation. So I want you to do some positive meditation. Here's what Psalm says. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Blessed is the one who obeys God, doesn't walk in step with the wicked, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Man, that's a beautiful picture. Especially when, these days, when I go out on the golf course or I go to take a hike, I see a lot of trees that are dying still from the the drought we had, the five-year drought. Man, this is a beautiful picture. A tree planted by streams of water that's thriving. I love trees. I don't want to see dead trees. I want to see live trees. That's a great picture. It's a picture of spiritual health. You know, in our growth track, which is on the back of your program, second Sunday of every month at 1130 next door in the overflow room, we have a class that's designed to help you to to have some tools to get into God's word and how to begin to get more out of it for yourself. Just a simple class. Second Sunday of the month, growing spiritually. You could go today if you wanted to. You could stay and go during the next service. You could plan to go the second Sunday in February. I also just... As a side note, I want to mention, every three months we have our membership class come up as part of that track, and that'll be next week, that's in your program. So get in a growth track. That leads to my third point. My third point is meet with God's people. Don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. It's a lot easier with somebody else. It's a lot easier with someone to help you, someone to show you, someone to teach you from what they've learned, someone who, and you share together. And you can't do it by yourself. Don't do it alone. And so when I say meet with God's people, I'm not just talking about coming to a worship service. You know we want you to get into a small group. You get with some other people that know you, that you get connected to. You build relationships. They can speak into your life. Look what it says in Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. A friend sharpens you. Helps you to get straightened out. Helps you to figure it out. Helps make you better. And, you know, to be honest, you need a friend who's going to help you when you want to quit. This might shock some of you, but sometimes I don't feel like praying or reading the Bible. You ever feel like that? Yeah, Sometimes I just don't feel like it, but I do it. It's a habit I've developed because I know it's good for me. Sometimes I don't feel like being nice to everyone. Just, just be honest. Sometimes I don't feel like doing the unselfish thing. Sometimes I just want to sit on the sofa and watch TV. I don't want to have to do one more thing. I don't want to have to handle another problem. Sometimes I don't feel like going to church or going to my group, but it's a habit that I built into my life, and it will help you to stay more spiritually healthy than you would on your own. It will help you to transform. It will help you to become more like the person God made you to be and the person you want to be. Rick Warren said something uh, that I try to tell my kids all the time. Maturity is when you live your life by your commitments, not by your feelings. <laughs> Successful people are willing to do what unsuccessful people don't feel like doing. They develop habits, and they stay committed. And let me tell you, even as committed as you are, sometimes you're going to not want to do it. You're going to stop. And it's so good to have somebody in your life who says, Dwayne, what's going on? What are you doing? Why? I was a little concerned about how you spoke to that person. Oh, I didn't. Uh, you seem like you're, you're not... Full of a lot of joy these days. Is everything okay? What do you? What's going on inside of you? Are you practicing your healthy spiritual baby steps? I mean, this not. It's hard to keep your commitment, but this is simple stuff. Get in a group, and meet with other people. And for those of you who aren't in a group right now, what I, what we want to ask you to do is say for the next seven weeks, that you kind of stretch yourself and say, okay, I could do it for seven weeks. I'll go to a group for seven weeks. That each week. All of our groups and the whole church, they're going to be talking about the things that we're talking about on Sunday. You're going to be digging into it together. And what does that mean for you? And what what are some steps I need to take? And you're going to share and encourage. You're going to build some friendships. You're going to get some people on your team. And it will bless you, and you'll be a blessing to others. So you've heard us say it many times, life change happens best in small groups. But for this series, we want to say life transformation happens best in small groups. And so uh, after the service, you know, we're going to give you an opportunity to connect with some of our group leaders. You can go online. You can search all the groups. But I want to pray for you right now. Would you bow your heads? And Lord, I know deep inside all of us, we long to be close to you. We long to be connected with you. We were made for that relationship. But God, just our human nature, our sinful nature, our selfish nature, sometimes we just don't want to pay the price. We want to do the things we think are going to give us temporary pleasure, but we don't realize they're temporary. We want to do things that we think will give us pleasure or make us happy or satisfy us, and we wander away, God. And thank you that you never turn your back on us. When we we come back to you, you'll receive us, you'll welcome us, you embrace us, you love us. And God, when we cooperate with you, you work in us to change us from the inside out. And God, I pray, I pray that each person here today, God, that they would they would listen to your voice speaking to them right now, that they would make some changes before it's too late, before they have to hit bottom. God, help them to get spiritually healthy. Help us to stay in that fight. When we slip back, God, help us not to quit. Help us not to give up. Put the right people around us. And Lord, we thank you. We know you want to do great works in our lives, and we know you want us to be a healthy, thriving church here to share your love with people who are desperate for it around us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.